Research, learning, and discovery are happening at any given moment around the world because of the Alzheimer's Association. As the force uniting dementia science efforts all around the world, the Alzheimer's Association is investing $300 million in more than 920 projects in 45 countries spanning six continents. Collaboration, research, and discovery won't stop until this disease is stopped. Learn more at alz.org slash anygivenmoment. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. What's up, y'all? This is Shaquille Barrett, Super Bowl 50 and 55 champ. I want to let y'all know y'all listen to one of the best sports shows out there right now. And thanks for tuning in to the Rough Cut Sportscast. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the Rough Cut Sportscast. I am your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, alongside your boy, AJ. Johnson solo and him up. Look at this man. He is here in the flesh. And of course, we have Mr. One Vote, Mr. Takes All the Votes, Aaron Mukes. What's up, gentlemen? It is a beautiful June 2nd day here. I'm watching the Knicks get beat again, and they'll probably lose tonight, and I can just cry myself to sleep. What's up, guys? AJ, how you feeling? <laughs> No need to cry yourself to sleep, buddy. You should just have expected it. It's okay. But real deal, can we once again, even though he don't need it, I would like to shout out Shaq Barrett again for that wonderful intro. Like, I was just rehearing that again, and I'm like, man, that's unreal. Like, that he just took the time out of his day to record that for us. This, this wonderful podcast he realized was going to be fantastic, wanted to be a part of. So shout out Shaq Barrett one more time. I appreciate it. Two-time, two-time, two-time Super Bowl Bowl winner. Two time, yeah. two time super winner, good friend yeah. of the show, good friend of the show. <laughs> good, great, not like that, not like that other guy that we won't mention. Yeah, he who <laughs> shall not be named. We have a good list of he who shall not be named. That's going to be definitely a thing throughout the football season. Just people just piling on of the he who shall not be named list. Aaron, what's up, buddy? You are off to a red hot start in the polls, which you guys can all vote on our, uh, what do we do? The best sports duos draft. Check that out on all of our social media pages. Make yeah. sure you leave a vote. Aaron is starting off red hot, though, running away with it. How you feel, buddy? Uh, I'm I'm good. I, I tried to try to sell myself a little bit more this time with the with the ladies. I was asking the ladies for their vote. And I think I got a lot of those, <laughs> but I'm good today, man. I'm ready to talk hoop. There was some amazing action last night. It's starting to pick up. We're almost to the end of the first round. Um, I thought I wasn't going to be here tonight, but I am. So I'm blessed to come on here and destroy you both in hoop talk. Ooh, <laughs> wow. I like how everything is a competition, though. I, I do like how oh, everything is a competition. And I think I think we can play on to that because tonight we are obviously talking NBA playoffs. You can see it in the title. But we're bringing back one of our hit segments, the good, the bad, and the rough NBA playoff edition. So maybe we'll have to determine who's good, bad, and rough is the best so we can continue this competition, these competing waves. It'll, it'll probably be mine because, well, 
Well, should it count? No, I mean, no, it's not going to count. Two hours ago, two hours ago, you didn't even know what the hell you were doing. So yeah, that <laughs> fun fact. Fun fact. I still don't know what I'm doing, but <laughs> I am a professional and I work on the fly. But you know what else can be done on the fly? It's the fast five time, ladies and gentlemen. Hey. If you're new to the show, this is where we kind of collect all of our thoughts from the week from the what five days you didn't get to see the rough cut sports cast if you want to see us five days a week though you know how to make that happen but we collect all of the headlines and we give it to you in what we call the fast five five headlines in a minute 20 it is aaron's turn to drop his fast five so aaron are you ready sir i'm ready let's do it here Let's do it. And, and there's no audio. Can I get a countdown since we don't have no audio? I need something <laughs> to kind of get me into the flow of, of what I, I we're doing. Since, since I'm always ripped off happen. of something. I could so I'll, some I'll, I'll, count, I'll do the I'll do the here. Hold on here. Hold on here. I got this. I got this. This is for you, Aaron. Three. Fast five time. Here we go. We're starting off with Naomi Osaka, the number two ranked women's tennis player in the world. Withdrew from the French Open because of depression. She said that she just wasn't feeling talking to the media. She's been going through some things and she has dropped out of the French Open. And uh, we'll see what happens going forward, whether she's allowed to play in Wimbledon or not. And then we have Mr. Joel Embiid, Mr. Injury himself. Game four versus the Wizards. He goes down early in the game, leaves the game and is now likely doubtful for the rest of this series. They're calling it a slight meniscus tear. Uh, It worries me because if Philadelphia doesn't have him, uh, look out. Uh, to baseball, Jack Flaherty is now on the injured list. He was off to a red-hot start this year. He suffered oblique strain against the Dodgers, um, so he's on the DL now. He's had, He had a 2.9 ERA to start the year and 67 Ks in 62 innings, so the Cardinals will miss him. The story in hockey was the Montreal Canadiens coming back from 3-1 against the Toronto Maple Leafs on the back of Carey Price's great defensive goaltending, and Toronto blows it again. And then, of course, the man, the myth, the legend, Dame Dalla himself. Dame time went absolutely bananas. If you did not watch this game last night, you missed one of the best playoff performances of all time. 55 points, 12 three-pointers, sent the game into overtime and double overtime with three-point shots at the end of it. Again, one of the best clutch performances of all time. Damian Lillard. And I don't know why that was over in Vinny's face popped up because that was really, really weird. You do not look anything like Damian Lillard and you don't shoot like Damian Lillard. I'm also muted. And I was saying, no, I apologize for that one. That was, uh, that was rough. That was, that was a tough look for myself. What were you, you guys were, were buzzing in the chat last night about that game. Can you guys just, oh my can God. you enlighten the fans on how you were feeling? Take the fans through what it was like watching that double overtime thriller. I know, I know we have Beth in the chat. She's a big hockey, uh, hockey girl. I don't know how much of basketball she watches. The NHL has had a ton of overtime games. Basketball had that one last that one of those games last night where it was just like the overtime thrillers in hockey. It was so exciting opportunities after opportunities to win and just it was great. How are you guys feeling during that moment? I'm going to let AJ take this one first. Go go ahead, AJ. You you can't put this into words. Literally watching this game last night. First off, I went to go see how the Lakers and Suns were doing. I was so happy that game was boring because Denver and Portland was where it was at. And to watch Damian Lillard, we didn't have all, all we were talking in 
where LOLs and OMGs and oh, uh, uh, like you can't fathom what Damian Little would do because every single time he let the ball go, it just did what he wanted it to do. Even when he wasn't supposed to go in, it's hitting glass and dropping in. Even when he's <laughs> missing the shot, it's taking your breath away because you're still not sure that the shot was actually missed or was there a foul called. Do you know how hard it is when every single person in the world knows you're about to try to shoot a three to tie a game to send it to overtime? And you don't do it once, you do it twice. This man scored, I think it was like 14 straight. <laughs> like from like what was this? Nine points from three. Oh, it's it's unfathomable. Dame Dollar, Damian Lillard, Dame Time, however you want to go about it. He's not human. That was the best show <laughs> I've seen in playoff sports in a very, very long time. And we've been watching a lot of good playoff sports over the last couple of weeks. Uh, for sure. Uh, AJ, AJ said it, uh, just to, just to clarify, he scored 17 straight points. The, the, not just the shots he was making, not just the level of difficulty, but to AJ's point is that they all know he's going to shoot the ball. They all know he's going to take the shot and they still can't stop it. Every time the ball was in his hands, I was, I had chills. I'm sitting on my couch. I'm writing a, a script out for my homework assignment. And every other word is, Oh my damn. Oh my God. Oh my God. What the, and, and my wife is like looking at me and I'm like, this is insane. And, and I'll say it now. We call Steph Curry, the greatest shooter of all time. I I've said it numerous times on the show. I think he's the greatest shooter of all time. If I had one game or one shot and I needed a shot made, I don't know. There's a basketball player in today's game that I'm taking over Damian Lillard. And to be honest, if I go back in time, there might only be one. Or two players, maybe named Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant, that I'm taking over Damian Lillard. This dude is calm. He's cool. He's collected. He makes the shot, and he walks away like, like it's just what I do. This, I can't – Vinny, you, you brought up hockey and watching an overtime game in hockey and all the opportunities. The one thing that hockey ha- or doesn't have that basketball does is you score in hockey, it's done. the game is over in overtime. Damian Lillard was down 30, 132 to 123. Denver went nine straight points, and he came back and he scored nine straight threes to the basket and one to bring them back in it when I thought the game was over. I don't know how many yeah. times. I'm you telling you right now. Because <laughs> yes. I said to him, I was like, Damian made that shot just for his team to let him down. And, and Aaron said, Damian's not done yet. I, 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 I thought there was less time on the clock. I saw two right. minutes of 12 seconds left. I go, oh, we're okay. And sure as a bear shits in the woods, this man went bananas. He didn't – and this is the one thing that got me about it. We'll talk a little bit more about this as the show goes on. But I I'm, I don't know if he got tired or what because at some point I was like, I'm not giving that ball up anymore. You know, it, it, it's been me all day. If, if this is how we have to get this W when you're that close, I mean, I would have kept taking shot after shot until the ball wasn't hitting the rim. And that wasn't going to happen anytime soon with Damian Lillard. The game was amazing, by the way. It wasn't just a great performance by Damian Lillard. Jokic did every, I mean, Jokic had an outstanding game. Denver played an amazing game and it was back and forth. That game was one of the best basketball games I had seen in a while. It was, it was well played. Um, It it was a really good game. And if you, and if you really want to know how it looked last night in our chat, I did want to bring it up here once uh, StreamYard wants to work (laughs) properly here. I wanted to bring it up just because of how funny it was when Aaron says that, 
in the chat, it was literally just like OMFG and holy shit moments. That's literally what it was. This is our chat from last night during Damian Lillard's just breakout. Right? Or not, I shouldn't even say it's a breakout, but when he started popping off, Aaron and AJ both just holy shit, bruh, OMFG. I AJ couldn't comprehend at one point, and it, <laughs> it, this is what it was like. Hey, this, he he's not human. AJ just goes. This right here, AJ's comment, bruh, shoot from wherever the fuck you want. Like that was like that. That's how it was last night. That's how special Insane. what Damian Lillard did was. And and like I'm, I'm super excited to see where it goes from here. But we, of course, have more playoff talks to get into. We're playing the good, the bad, and the rough. But before we get into that, AJ, I need you to do me a favor. Load up those hands and tell our beautiful listeners and viewers, I should say, where they can find us at. Well, first and foremost, you can head over to Twitter at RoughCut underscore sports. Then on Facebook at RoughCut Sports, we're still hitting to a thousand. Let's get there. What is the holdup? Over to Instagram at the RoughCut Sportscast on YouTube at RoughCut Sportscast. Hit that like, hit that follow, hit that share, hit that subscribe, and then tell everybody. Who? Everybody. And, of course, we are brought to you by Halftime Sports Collectibles, the number one place to get all of your sports memorabilia needs, whether that be a signed jersey, signed cleat, signed helmet. They've got it over there at HalftimeSportsCollectibles.com. AJ saw – AJ shared it, I think, on our page today. They dropped a Chauncey Billups jersey, signed jersey, yeah. on their site. You can check that out at HalftimeSportsCollectibles.com. And a special shout-out goes to the Belly Up Sports Network, the proud network that hosts the greatest sports cast around <laughs> – which is us, of course. We had the pleasure, all three of us had the pleasure last night to join a bunch of other hockey fans that, or hockey shows, I should say, from the Belly Up Sports Network to talk about the playoffs last night. If you haven't checked that out, you should definitely go check it out. It's still on our our Facebook page. But it is great to be a part of the Belly Up Sports Network. We're going to be doing many of those things uh, again uh, in the near future. And AJ, I need you to do me a big favor. Can you enlighten the viewers and the listeners at home, the many, many watching and the many watching or listening at home? Can you tell them about Yeti, sir? Can you? Is something is something going on with Yeti? Is that, is that a thing? Are we are we are we with them or is that a thing? Well, you know, we are uh, sponsored by Yeti. So, you know, if you were to go to our Facebook page, our YouTube page, our Twitter page, I want to say Instagram page. <laughs> but so, Vinny's in charge of that, so we don't know. <laughs> no, don't say Instagram page. <laughs> there is a link that says sponsored by Yeti. Get your gear here. And when you click on that link, every time you buy Yeti, you click on that link. All proceeds will help the Rough Cut put on more shows for you. Like, you know, Diamond Talk coming up in a couple of weeks on Tuesdays at 830. Uh, Monday night matchups coming to you guys soon at 830. Pigskins and pancakes coming to you in the fall. Shows like that. We get you guys to buy some Yeti. You get us to keep doing what we love and get us more fans. And it's all beautiful. And you can monogram it. Vinny, don't you have a Yeti cup that has like a logo on it or something that looks really baller? You do. It this does look pretty baller. Uh, I'm still waiting and, on and mine. AJ, AJ, aren't, didn't you offer to the fans that you would pay 10% of the order if they get this if they put the logo on it they put the logo on it i will give you 10 percent off of that order from me just out my pocket just buy it 
Send me a Snapchat of the receipt. Ten percent of it back to you. Just do it. Just and, do it. They Snapchatting you receipts, huh? Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Go down in the DMs. They go down. Snapchat me that receipt. <laughs> if this. And, and let's <laughs> emphasize that AJ. That's coming out of. Your pocket, my pocket. Uh, it would come out of our pocket. I would obviously pitch in if you wanted me to, but that is that is we don't get paid for this show. That is our oh, own personal money to give to you guys for supporting our show, and that's the way yeah. that we get to five episodes a week, ladies and gentlemen. Your support. Check out the Rough Cut merch as well. Well, t- technically, you, you check out. The- technically, I'm under contract with the Rough Cut, so I'm probably the only one that actually does get paid for this. Um, <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. <laughs> We don't need to talk about these it's contracts. True. I feel like we need to put my name in. You things. get paid. You get paid in pancakes. That's, that's right. How, that's your, that's your deal pancakes. here. You get your, you get your salary in pancakes. Okay. But yeah, check out the shirt website here, guys. The link is also on our Facebook page. You get shirts like this. You can get them in different colors. We got pink. We got black. We got white. We even got red. And I mean, and this obviously this gray. We've got tank tops that jumping up on there as well. Go check it out right now, and please support the show. It's all you gotta do. It's all you gotta do. And last, but certainly not least, to pay the bills. Share the show. We are trying to get to 1K. I know you mentioned it before, but it needs to be stressed again. We are so close to 1K. So close. We were so close so long ago. I don't know. I don't I don't know what happened, people. What happened to the love? Why community tab? Invite friends. Look at them. Click like 10 to 12 to 15 to 20. Send it. Then do it again. Then send it. We're so close. We're so close. Don't be afraid to spam your friends. Spam them. They'll be yeah. okay. Yeah. They'll be okay. They'll be like, spam damn it, okay? I like the page. It's just so you'll stop sending to me. And then guess what? A week later, like, yo, thank you so much for showing me the rough cut. Those guys are fantastic. Why didn't you put me on them months ago? You can say, I did. You just didn't like the pa- Listen to the conversation I'm having for you. How much fun is that going to be already? Come on. Let's make it work. Let's make it happen. And and actually, if you if you see your if you see your friend in person, you could actually just pull up this video. It's at the 17 minute mark. Just pull up <laughs> AJ talking about that and let AJ do the conversation for you. We make it easy for you here, folks. We make it easy for you. But without further ado, now that the bills are paid, it is time for that special, special time of the of the show. It's main event time. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening it's time! We had such a good time yesterday on that hockey show showing off our graphics and our videos and that video too. I mean, both that and the buy sell video had everyone buzzing and looking at us like, whoa. Yeah, I love guys the real deal. We're big time. We're big time. We're big time. Pinky up big time. Pinky up big time. We're playing. We're playing the good, the bad, and the rough here. This is where we will be picking a good storyline or something good that happened in the NBA playoffs, a bad thing that happened in the NBA playoffs, and a rough thing that happened in the NBA playoffs. Gentlemen, I will give you guys the choice here. Do you want to go? Good, good, then bad, bad, then bad, then rough, rough, one by one by one by one? Or do you want to go three, then three, then three? 
I, I made the decision we're going to go good, 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 bad, I felt bad, like you bad, asked rough, that rough, question in a very complicated so, manner. Yeah, right? <laughs> so difficult with it. <laughs> if we had him We're going to start with the good. So this right here. I'm buzzing. Yeah. I'm buzzing. Yeah. I'm so, yeah, let's start with the good here then. Let's start here with the good. And Aaron, since you did not pay any bills and you really didn't talk too much through the uh, the advertisements, <laughs> I'll let you go first. <laughs> What's your good? I don't know. I got to fight it. <laughs> you didn't tell me. Hold on. You didn't tell me I was going first. I didn't tell you what you picked for the good. All right. Here we go. We're ready. All right. Good. Uh, I'm going. I'm, I'm good. going. I'm going Nets and Bucks. Um, this is a series that I've been waiting for the regular season. If you watch those matchups, they were extremely close. The one thing that we've been talking all year is who was going to be able to stop this Nets offense. And in the regular season, we saw Milwaukee match up really, really well with them. Giannis and the Bucks, and that is not that is not the right that video. Was Vinny. That but, was not it. That was not and it. Gian, Giannis and the Bucks match up really, really well with with Brooklyn. This is going to be a dogfight, and I'm talking. I think it's going to go seven games. And I know, I know, I know. I've picked Milwaukee or Brooklyn to win the NBA Finals. I really like Milwaukee in this one. Is DeAndre Jordan? Is Blake Griffin going to be able to get in front of Giannis and stop him? And what we saw consistently in the first round with Milwaukee is Drew Holiday is a difference maker. This is not the same Bucks team that lost in the conference finals and then lost in the semi-conference finals uh, last year. They have a, a point guard now that is defensive driven, but can also make plays on offense. He can get people involved and he's going to be able to get in front of Kyrie Irving. And I'm not saying stop him, but slow him down. And then you have a Giannis who can kind of go on and off of a guy like Kevin Durant. And then all you're really looking for is Middleton's a very underrated defender. And if they can throw him and DiVincenzo um, uh, yeah. on James Harden, just cause fits, just make him do something different. They're, they're going to cause the Brooklyn Nets all they can handle. And this series will go seven games. I'm excited for it. This is what we wanted to see. And I think the winner goes to the finals. Oh, who can you can you tell me who would be the the uh, who would they play after they play each other? Like who? Like, give me an idea of who they'd play. Well, they would play the Sixers if the Sixers get by the Wizards first without Joel Embiid, and then the, the Sixers will have to get by more than likely the Hawks. I'm telling you right now, if the Sixers don't have Joel Embiid. They don't have a chance in hell to beat Milwaukee or the Brooklyn Nets. And and they might they they might even struggle against the Atlanta Hawks. I don't know. Um, the the difference with with Philadelphia is they don't have the firepower that those other teams have. Tobias Harris is a great scorer, but Ben Simmons not being able to shoot from the outside is a real problem for them. Even though he can create so much um, everywhere else, if they don't have Joel Embiid, they're they're going to be they're going to have a tough time getting out of the East. Yeah, I I I would say I would hope the Knicks are the team that gets in but I don't think that's going to end up happening. And I think that I think that if like, they don't have Joel Embiid, I think the Hawks could beat the Sixers. I actually do think the Hawks can be the Sixers if they don't have Joel Embiid, but that's going to be tough for them. It's going to be tough. I'll give you my good here. My good is I get it. The Grizzlies are not up on the, on the jazz They're down three, one. It might look bad on the, in terms of the way the series is at right now, but you look at all the other series and you look at all the other big matches, like the ones versus the last, the last place seeds and things like that. They're not that close. The nets really 
took care of business against the Celtics. The Bucks took care of business against the Heat. There weren't close games. But I feel like the Memphis Grizzlies and John Moran are like they're they're actually battling and making every game competitive and fun to watch. Like for me as the casual fan here, this is what I want to see. I don't want to see like those games in the first round where it's just those blowouts like what we saw with the Nets where it's like, can we just go on with it? The Jazz and the Grizzlies are actually doing are, are like perform putting on games that I'm like, OK, I, I, I get it. The Jazz probably going to win these games, but you never know with the Grizzlies because they're just such a, they're, they're a battling team. I, I want to, I'll give the example here real quick of what, what you say, Aaron, they're dogs. I, I feel like, I feel like the Grizzlies are dogs, maybe not like, like the success category where they're actually winning games, but they are battling and grinding the Utah jazz out. I love seeing it. The, the jazz are the jazz or I'm sorry. The Grizzlies are a young team. AJ spoke about this earlier today when we were having a conversation about it, that they're a young team and you know, it's, they don't have the experience that a Utah has in the playoffs. So they're still kind of growing into their, into their team and how they want to play in the playoffs and what it's like to close a fourth quarter or finish strong. And, and you have to give them all the credit in the world. They are battling. Utah is a different team with Donovan Mitchell on the court. And we saw the difference from game one when Memphis was able to win versus when Mitchell came back. And that, that is the kind of player that Utah needed in order to get over the, the hump, right? They always had team that had, they have good enough players. They were a solid team together. Now you have a veteran like Conley, a veteran like Gobert. And then you got this young stud in Donovan Mitchell that can now take over games when you need it. So uh, John Morant's done everything you can ask of him to do as a young player. He's got a bright future. Um, the NBA is in great hands with him, guys like him and Luca and Trey Young. And then uh, to AJ, who also brought up uh, Dylan Brooks, who's a hell of a wing defender, um, a big body, can shoot it, can score, um, very versatile. And if they can get Jaron Jackson to 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 reach his potential yeah. and consistently, that's going to be a scary team going forward. So I agree. They've, they've definitely held their own in, in this playoffs. If uh, Jaron Jackson yeah. will, will be exactly what you expect him to once he can get a full season like this, underneath his belt he was injured for the first half of last season and i think getting him up to speed by the time the playoffs came around just didn't really happen but the grizzlies really lucked out man like you knew dylan brooks was a good player from oregon but i didn't expect him to come to the nba this quickly and be as efficient and as effective as he has been for this squad so he and john moran if they can form a tandem like this that can go on for seasons and they put some depth to that, those guys like Get, get Jonas Valanciunas another young big guy to bring along so when he goes to the bench, he's still got that big body rebounder who can finish at the rim. This team is going to be set up to look really nice next season. And I agree with you, Vinny. Like, the fact that, you know, this whole these games are so much like you're so right there on the screen watching it to the, about the two-minute mark when they're really feeling it. And Utah just is always able to pull away. And that's the difference between a Quinn Snyder and his uh, protege, Taylor Jenkins. I was really mad I froze because I wanted to talk to Aaron about these Milwaukee Bucks versus these Brooklyn Nets because about the only thing I kind of agree with you, man, is that the winner of that matchup goes to the finals, and I think it's the Brooklyn Nets. Two out of three matchups, the Bucks won against the Nets. In none of those matchups did they have all three Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving. You mentioned that Chris Middleton is an underrated defender. I think you could say the same thing about Kevin Durant. And I think Kevin oh, Durant, no, he can't, no, he can't stop Giannis, 
but he will make sure Giannis is not just wreaking havoc all over these Brooklyn Nets. So if you can have a KD who is, you know, maybe slowing Giannis down from the perimeter to the free throw line, and then the big body DeAndre Jordan or Blake Griffin is there to help, I think you can you can do exactly what you do to Ben Simmons in Philadelphia. You create that wall right at the free throw line and make him have to attack you and beat you at the free throw line. There's not going to be much you can do. And then you think about the way that they beat these guys. They were only by six points when they only had at most two stars. Now you're adding a whole another 20 to 25 points on the board. So I, I still don't think Milwaukee is going to have enough firepower to do this unless Dante DiVincenzo's dropping 15 a game. Chris Middleton is over the 25 mark along with Giannis and along with Drew Holiday every single game. Listen, I don't I don't disagree with <clears throat> anything you said except for one thing. The and that's the the Kevin Durant's going to be able to check Giannis. And eh, it's not going to happen. Kevin Durant got torched by Jason Tatum. I, listen, nobody is stopping Giannis. Well, how you beat Giannis in the playoffs the past two seasons, two or three years has been a consensus like you said, build a wall. As soon as he attacks, make him give the ball up. In the past, he's given the ball up to Eric, to Eric Bledsoe. And Bledsoe can't shoot. Bledsoe can't yeah. create the way a Drew Holiday can create. That's the difference. Is if you need Drew Holiday to score 25, he can. And that and that's the that's the difference in this Milwaukee team. I don't think you can say this year that Milwaukee is going to be that, that team you can stop the same way you did in the past two years. Maybe, maybe it happens. Maybe it doesn't, but, and Brooklyn doesn't have the big guys inside. I honestly, I worry about them being able to stop guys like Brooke Lopez or Bobby Portis because Blake Griffin and Deandre Jordan have been absent. They don't even exist. No team is looking at that Brooklyn front line saying we're worried about what they have inside. They don't have anything. They're looking at Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving and James Harden. And they're saying, if these guys, <laughs> if these guys score a hundred, we got to hold everybody else to about 10 points and we score one fifteen, we win the game. That's, that's all I would be thinking if I'm Milwaukee, if Kevin Durant's going to get his James Harden's going to get his and Kyrie's going to do what Kyrie does. The guys they can't let beat them are Joe Harris, right? The, the Joe Harris is the world that's going to spot up, hit those outside jumpers. And then don't let anybody come off the bench and have a 15 point night. If you control the bench and you control the role players of Joe Harris, Milwaukee's going to be right in this series. And I'm not picking them to win just yet because I still <laughs> think I always say stars win in, in the NBA and the Brooklyn Nets have three of them. But I don't think this is going to be some some cakewalk. It's not for Brooklyn. Be quick work. I, I definitely think it's going to be a six or seven game series. Absolutely. And it wouldn't Absolutely. shock me if Milwaukee finally gets over the hump. I will have to say, and, and no disrespect, I'll have to say it'll shock me. I, I, and that, that was a decision I made just now. Like, I, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't see it. <laughs> I don't see it. I saw, Go I ahead, saw man. a video today about uh, Giannis came out and he was talking about his, like, after the, like, his home life, basically. And he was talking about how he doesn't talk about basketball at all. Like, they're not allowed to talk basketball at home at all because he would he would it would drive him crazy he's like his brother came over one day trying to talk about basketball he's like no no none of that there's no there will be no yeah. basketball talk in my house i, I mean this guy man he he does he thinks about Giannis it all is the different. time i, I like Giannis it is different Giannis is a different cat he does, he does not work out with uh other nba stars in the offseason yeah. not because he doesn't like them but his goal is to be better than all of them and to beat them when Everybody. it comes time um he's, he's driven dude, man yeah, he's driven by something different, right? A lot of people are motivated by money. I mean, he comes from a different background than a lot of people in the States, and it, he's just driven by a different 
factor. And if you go look at his rookie season, what he looked like and what his body looks like now, you mm-hmm. know, you can see it. Like, you know, this dude is just different. Yeah. He, uh, and, Spe- and it happens like three of his brothers play in the NBA as well. So yeah. like, I can understand not wanting to talk basketball at home. Cause like, then your life is just consumed all, and I get it. You got to love for the game, but yeah, you know, you get, there's other things in the world and yeah, you got to keep that. So, away. so, so AJ, your uh, your Hawks and the Hawks and Knicks game is pretty close right now. I want to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take a wild. No, I'm not gonna take a wild guess. What's your good, buddy? What is your good? Yeah, no, my good is the Atlanta Hawks and what they're going through right now. <laughs> and what they're going through are the New York Knicks. And it's like Swiss cheese. They just putting holes all through. Them. <laughs> As we drop buckets on you right now, Trey Young has been the unquestionable leader of this franchise starting in these playoffs. What he has taken over this team. He is, he has accepted the role of the New York villain, all the guys in Madison square garden, shooting them expletives and spitting on him and so on and so forth. And talking about his hairline. He don't give a damn about none of that. 24.7 points a game, 12 assists a game against these New York Knicks in these playoffs shooting from wherever he wants. And when he's not making shots, he's getting it done other ways. And the biggest part about it is also when he's not getting it done, he's got his supporting cast to pick him up. Clint Capella has taken the role that you saw him when he was a breakout star for the Houston Rockets. He's getting those rebounds. He's got 13 rebounds a game in this series. He's getting blocks and controlling the the paint. 2.3 blocks a game in this series. Uh, Trey Young's partner, John Collins, has gotten better and better and better each single game. And they ha- the New York Knicks have not found a way to stop this high screen and roll. All that Trey Young has to do is get to the top of the three-point line. John Collins comes up and sets that pick. Trey Young's too fast. Is he going to take the floater? Oh, no, you're there to block it? Fine. Alley-oop to John Collins or Clint Capella. That is a 60-point plan every single game against these Knicks. And for a team with the number one defense in the league, the fact that they haven't found a way to neutralize it tells me that they're going to be going home, if not tonight, in Atlanta in the State Farm Arena in Game Six. Uh, I, I I don't I don't I don't like what you just said there. I mean, don't Uh-oh. get me wrong. First of all, I, I like what you said to start it. Trey Young, what the Hawks are doing, amazing. I want to point out, I want to point out Nate McMillan because I don't think he's getting enough credit right now. The Atlanta That's- Hawks were the worst worst fourth quarter team early part of this year before Nate McMillan got there. Now they're the best fourth quarter team. It's a great point. It's like a, a, th- a complete 360. They've learned how to win those close games and how to score late when they were struggling earlier in the year. And that's been the difference of this team. The problem I have with what you just said was it's not like the Hawks are putting up 120 and 130 points on these Knicks. They, they're uh-huh. putting up enough points to win. So to say like, oh, they can't stop the pick. Well, the Knicks are playing good enough defense. The Atlanta Hawks defense is is where I'm impressed with. The Atlanta Hawks defense has has found a way, and again, this goes to Nate McMillan, to neutralize Julius Randle and figure out what it is to stop the Knicks offense. And if the Knicks can't score, they're scoring 90-something points a game in these playoffs. In today's NBA, that's not going to cut it. I don't care if it is the playoffs. And, And I think that's what I'm most impressed with is the fact that the Atlanta Hawks have been able to defend the way they have. When you're talking about guys like, uh, Bogdanovich, who's not a really a known to be a, a great defender, but he's putting in the effort, closing out on shooters. And then you got Clint Capella, who's anchoring the inside with um, uh, John Collins and then those big bodies down there. And Trey Young, let's be honest, he's not a great defender, but 
He's doing enough to run shooters off the line, to make them have to create shots, and the Knicks aren't able to do it. So I don't want to say this is about the Atlanta offense because Atlanta's going to have to score a lot more points than they're scoring right now in order to go beat a team like Philly or to go beat a team like Brooklyn or to go to beat a team like Milwaukee. And when we get to my uh, ugly or bad, I don't know which one it is, but we will, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go into further detail as to why the, the Hawks are having such success on the Knicks and, and how they're able to win these games. But the Hawks are, I, I'm impressed. You, you said it, they, they have been impressive. They're a young team, but they're very, very talented. And I don't think people realize how much talent they have on that team. Yeah. When you have a Danilo Gallinari and a Bogdanovich mm-hmm. who are just like snipers from the outside and, and then you got a guy it. like John Collins, who's athletic, and then Clint Capella and Trey Young, and and even the uh, Kevin Huert. Uh, I don't want to say his last name. Huert, 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 or Herter, Huert. whatever. <laughs> they, they they have talent all over the floor, and it's yeah. just it's not it's just not the big names that everybody knows, which is why they don't get the credit they deserve. Well said. I, I, all I say is I hope Nate McMillan stays. Dude, hey, he is he is one of the most underrated coaches. And the fact that Mm -hmm. Indiana fired him or let him go was ridiculous because he was winning with that team and didn't have the talent or the stars that that you really needed the NBA to win. Is there is there a chance he doesn't come back? I mean, (sighs) not after this run. I I don't think after this run. Man, hey, the right, the right amount of money put in front of your face by the right team. That's what I'm saying. Is that that, that a possibility? Well, yeah. yeah. If another team goes I, I, out, okay. So you're saying you're saying on the Atlanta Hawk side of things, yeah. Well, I would say yeah. on the McMillan side of things, but like, like I, are the, the Hawks have to make a make a run to keep them for sure? You know, they are, are, are they, the they brought them on that, as an Are the Hawks that kind of team that would? I, I, I this was all hypotheticals and probably wouldn't have. I can't right. imagine them not coming back. But like, are the they, you know, there's some teams out there that are too stingy with their money that they might not want to overpay for a coach or, or pay for a coach, I should say. And is that, is that the Hawks? Have they ever done that before? I mean, they, they, they haven't been in that situation in recent memory. You know, there's been a turnaround. So you would think after what they went through in the beginning of this half of the season to who they turned into to get to this spot in the playoffs, that they're going to want to bring him back. But again, if another team offers what they think is too high of a, of a paycheck, then, you know, they're going to have to look another direction and hope it pans out. Listen, the the Atlanta Hawks have the best team that they've had in a long time. Like, even when you really look back to those other teams, this with Trey Young being the star that he's growing into being and the leader that he's growing into being, you look at Brooklyn, you look at Milwaukee, and you look and you're unsure about the Sixers and if they ever move on from either Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid. Outside of that, in the Eastern Conference, the Hawks are going to be right there. And they're so young. If you add a, a piece or two or one of these players develop into an actual superstar, I, they, they're going to be right there in the mix. I don't think the, the Hawks would, would make a huge mistake if they let Nate McMillan go because this is probably their window right now to win and to find somebody that they can pair up with the Trey Young and, and then just kind of fill out their roster. And uh, you never know. I mean, Brooklyn's team's together, but a couple of injuries – couple things turn, you know, your way and you might be the Miami Heat in the finals one of these years um, as the Atlanta Hawks. So I, I, I definitely yeah. would keep McMillan um, if I'm Atlanta. Do everything I can to keep him. Fair enough. Fair enough. Let's go to the let's talk about some some bad things here. Aaron, what is your bad from the NBA playoffs so far? I, don't know. I, I gotta get it again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing. Um, my bad is it, it's 
it's semi bad, semi good. It's it's Chris Paul. Um, Chris Paul, the, the not bad in his gameplay. Obviously, Chris Paul is an MVP candidate. He's amazing, but the injury to Chris Paul is concerning for me. We saw him again go down last night um, with the same shoulder injury, and, and it's and he even he talked about it in his post game press conference how scary. Like it was that feeling that like, man, I, I don't know what's wrong with it. Um, he said he reached out to other guys that have had that similar injury, including Kyle Lowry, who had it last year. Um, he he seemed worried about it, which made me on edge about it. So I'm really worried for the Phoenix Suns because I think this is they have as good a chance as anybody to go to the finals. And right now, I, who knows what happens with Brooklyn win the finals. And this is this could be Chris Paul's best chance. Um and so I'm worried for him. I'm worried that if he's not 100%, Phoenix doesn't have a chance. And it's not that they can't get out of this first round against the Lakers. Obviously, the Lakers are without AD. But even if they get by this first round, then they got to go play another tough opponent. And then another tough opponent just to get to the finals, who are they going to have to play either Milwaukee, Brooklyn, or you know Philadelphia if they get there. So without a healthy Chris Paul, this goes back to the Rockets of old. You're not going to win. So you need Chris Paul healthy. And it was just, it's, it's hard to see him go down and I know he really wants to be out there, but um, he needs to make sure that he's right. He needs to make sure that he's right because the Suns cannot win the finals without him. Very factual. It was very, it was very tough to see that happen last night, especially the way it went down. Like you look at the play again and you know, Wesley Matthews comes up for the rebound and he kind of gets him in the square of the back and so for him to hit him there and then the shoulder just give out immediately, I know the body's connected, you know, the funny bones connected to the owl bone, however you want to spin it. You know, he went down and it looked worse than when we watched it the first time around. You know, it looked like it was dangling. He stayed around, got the free throws in like you need to. But I, I'm with you. It just sucks that this is how it goes for CP3 year in and year out. He gets to the playoffs. He takes a team to the playoffs who probably wouldn't have been there, not counting the Rockets. And, of course, this year's Suns team was really, really good. But then it's time to show up in the playoffs and he gets injured, you know, and say what you will about him. It's, it's still unfortunate. So for, for one of the best point guards of all time to have to go through this and go through this, it, it starts to make me wonder if he's going to get his championship the way Jason Kidd did. And, you know, just on the back of a really, really good squad all around him. And he kind of puts, you know, his two cents in there as that veteran leader, but doesn't really. I don't want to say he doesn't really perform, but he's not the guy that you were seeing in this regular season to get it done. So it's unfortunate. I agree. Without Chris Paul, they're not winning the finals. Without Chris Paul, like, I don't know if they get through the Western Conference finals. So hopefully, hopefully that, hopefully for the Suns, hopefully. (laughs) For the Suns, hopefully AD is out this entire series. They can get to the next round, and Chris Paul is good by game two of the next series. If that happens for them, they're looking okay. That's what I was going to ask. Like, can Devin Booker and the rest of the Suns team get them past the Lakers without Chris Paul? Well, if the Lakers don't have AD. I mean, really, the the Lakers, AD is the answer for the Lakers. If you watch this team, you can see it. The Lakers aren't going anywhere without Anthony Davis. And they need Anthony Davis of game two, not Anthony Davis of, you know, game one. They need Anthony Davis to, to be there to be healthy. But I wanted to point something out. I don't know if you saw it, AJ, on that on that play when, when he brought up that video. It almost looked as if Chris Paul got almost elbowed in the back, like on the spine. And I'm yeah. wondering if it kind of just shot like a sensation up to that area. I was right. I, I'm not not like I have personal experience. I don't know what his injury is. But there have been times where I've had back pain or shoulder pain 
And when you get a hit in a certain spot on your back, that pain shoots up and it hits that spot that was hurting. And you see the way he went down. It's almost like mm -hmm. he had this sharp pain shoot up to his shoulder mm -hmm. and you could see the way he reacted. I'm wondering if that it was just, uh, again, kind of that tip of his elbow hit him in a certain spot on his back and caused him to, to feel that. But there's the Suns. I still believe win this series. I think the Suns are the better team than the Lakers right now. Um, yeah. AD having a growing injury. It's, it's doubtful he plays in week in game six. And even if he plays, I doubt he's going to be hundred percent healthy. Um, yeah, game one. I think, I think Phoenix closes them out. I worry about them in the next round though, without Chris Paul or if he's, if he's really kind pushing, of hampered, I'm really pushing for the Suns, man. I'm really pushing for the Suns. You know, yeah. who I'm not pushing for who you can't push for anymore. My bad. And it's the Miami heat, to be honest, mm. uh, my, the Miami heat are, are my bad because you know, we had this talk in episodes past. AJ and I, we covered it. Wow, Jimmy Butler came out and guaranteed that they make the playoffs. And yeah, sure, you made the playoffs, but what did you do in the playoffs? You did pretty much absolutely nothing. Actually, you did do nothing in the playoffs besides get stomped by the, the Milwaukee Bucks. Yes, the Milwaukee Bucks are a good team, but what the Heat did, I feel like they did not show up, man. And the, the got a little stat for you. The Bucks became the third team to sweep an opponent they lost to in the previous postseason by at least 60 points. Look at this bad highlight by myself. Jesus here. Christ. That's what I get for trying to do everything <laughs> on the in fly in my life. Three in a row. Row. Not good at all, Bob. Not good. But the Heat just didn't show up. And that to me is like just terrible because you had they had a good run to get to the playoffs. They went from one of the worst teams in the league. They had a great story coming into the playoffs. They they battled through adversity, fought their way back into a playoff spot, only to shit the bed and not do anything besides get swept. At least win one game, make the story worth it. I get the Bucks are good. But to you guys that know this better than I do, should the Heat have won one game? Yep. Yep. And this goes to, uh, yes, they should have won one game. Make the look you want. Look, this goes to what uh, Aaron said about Connor McDavid. Your stars have to get you one game. And in this case, you can even add Eric Spolster to the conversation of your star. What we talked about the Heat making to the finals last season was about out-coaching people. You, you have to be good enough to at least one out coach one game. And Jimmy Butler has to be good enough to get his guys ready to go for one game. Even the Washington Wizards took a game that should have been a sweep game. And sure, Embiid went out early in the uh, second quarter. But still, like the rest of the team was there fighting with them. So you can't, you, as the Miami Heat and the culture you stand for, you can't get swept. I don't care if it's by the Bucks. You're not the eight seed here. Like, you, you were good enough to win a game. And we didn't do it. I didn't do it. So I I made the the bold prediction, not really a bold prediction, because I didn't think they were going to go. But I I said I would not be surprised if the Heat made a run like they made last year because I thought Jimmy Butler was is that. I mean, I still do. I still think he's that he's that talented. He's that kind of leader. I'm I'm. There's no words to describe how bad the Heat were in the first round. They, I mean, they weren't just getting beat. It's not like we're watching the Washington series. Washington's keeping it close. They're not getting blown out every game. They're battling. Fourth quarter comes around. They're still within the game. The Miami Heat were getting blown out by by yeah. 30. Like the Lakers were getting blown out last night. And it was just embarrassing. And I, two things. Number one is disappointment in Eric Spolstra being able to adjust. Um, 
But where were the guys that were so good in the bubble last year? And mm-hmm. where were the Tyler heroes of the world, right? <laughs> and I think it goes <laughs> to, in the bubble, people were talking about the shooting being easier. Um, and I don't know if you guys heard this, but the, the depth perception in the bubble was different than being in normal arenas. Um, the crowd not being there. A lot of shooters were saying it was a lot easier to shoot. And if you're a shooter and you play basketball, depth perception is everything and gyms do matter. A lot of shooters were saying it was easier in the bubble. And then we look at things like Tyler Hero and the way he shot this year compared to the way he was shooting in the bubble last year. And it got me kind of thinking, like, is that the real Tyler Hero? Is this the real Tyler Hero where – he's not really the player we thought he was breaking out or he was going to be. And, and so he, there was a huge disappointment there. Uh, Bam didn't show up in the first round. Uh, Drogic disappointment. Tro- yeah, Bam, Bam took a good step this year, but then in the playoffs, he was a disappointment. Jimmy didn't show up that well. And then you have guys like Goran Drogic, who's a veteran, who weren't able to get it done. And maybe they put him into the starting lineup a little bit too late. But the fact of the matter is, is Miami's, that they were just so disappointing. They were like, they got walked on. They, it's like Milwaukee had a yeah. first round buy, yeah. and in the NBA you don't get first round buys. This is where I'll give you the the thought process of my, Milwaukee is on a different mission. They they know that they have upgraded their team, and they realize the 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 trek that's in front of them, the the mountain that they're going to have to climb, which has become the Eastern Conference. You think back a couple of years, the Eastern Conference was weak, and LeBron. Now that LeBron's gone, there's actual teams that can really battle it out. And then you have the Nets. But as you're saying, the Milwaukee Bucks, and I kind of agree, will give a fight to them. And when it came to the Heat, I don't think Tyler Hero isn't who we thought he is, but I do think he had that sophomore slump. You know, I think this second year, he's expecting to just come back out and it's like water. Nah, you got to, you know, that game has to be perfected day in and day out and worked on harder and harder every time you get a chance. So I, I think we'll see Tyler Hero take that step we're looking for again next season. But I think it is time for Jimmy Butler to continue doing the things he's doing, but also score more. This whole he's not a 30-point score type of guy needs to go away because every team he's been on, your mentality of a Jimmy Butler is enough. We also need your scoring. I need you to put 30 up because you not putting 30 up isn't getting it done, and Miami needs you to do it as well. Yeah, you know, it's the – to me, he has a demeanor like a Damian Lillard where he's not going to – He's willing passer. Damian Lillard's a willing passer. The difference between those two players is Damian Lillard will take over a game and and knows when he needs to take over a game offensively. Jimmy Butler is capable, maybe not to the extent of a Damian Lillard. Don't get me wrong, but he's capable of scoring the basketball. He's capable of taking over a game, both offensively and defensively. And I think we need to see a little bit more of that. I know he wants to trust his teammates, but in being the star of a team or the main guy of a team, you have to know when it's time to take over a game. And, uh, I, I don't know. To the Tyler Hero point, I, I'm not sure, man. Ever since uh, – I don't know if you guys know about his girl on IG, oh. but uh, I do follow oh. her. And since he's got her, she – I mean, she's a little oh. baddie. She's a little baddie. Oh. But he really ain't been the same ah. since. Yeah. I mean, they, they – You got to walk in different. This math chat. I mean, <laughs> walking that different. Face, that face <laughs> set the same. Hey, the bubble, the bubble, she really couldn't be there all the time, oh. right? And she had just kind of got with her. And now she – now they're out of the bubble. Hey, this girl, hey, she's a little baddie. And uh, I'm saying I wouldn't be focusing so much on basketball <laughs> either if I was uh, – if I had that. That makes you know. so much sense. That makes that, – that math checks out. Uh, AJ, what about you? What do you, what do you got loaded up for the bad? My bad, man, the Portland trailblazers and Damian Lillard supporting cast. 
We talked about Dame Lillard and what he did last night. Took over this game. But he was it. He was all there was. He made all the right plays and all the right moments, and his supporting cast was letting him down. Now, I want to go through this real quick. We had one, two, three, four players play more than 40 minutes. We had one player over 20 points in the Portland Trail Blazers, and that was Damian Lillard, who scored 55 points. Damian Lillard put up 55 of 140 points, and not another player scored 20 points. You had his, his mate, C.J. McCollum, for 18, went 7 for 22 and 2 for 8 from 3. Mello went 2 for 9 for 3 for 8 points. That can't happen anymore. Mello was a guy we were talking about, his resurgence and everything. And you can't do that in a playoff game where we need you the most. Uh, you talk about Yosef, uh, Yusuf Nurkic. I said he would be a very important piece to this Portland Trailblazers team. He is now fouled out of two games back-to-back, and I bet he didn't know <laughs> that we're going to go to two overtimes because had he stuck around, maybe Joker doesn't put up 38-11-9. and nine. You, you think about Robert Covington. What a beautiful, beautiful moment. The entire Denver Nuggets is waiting for you, Damian Lillard, to shoot a three. You drive it to the hole, and you hit it to Robert Covington for an easy two-hand dunk, and he tried to bam it. And I get it. Look, as a baller who is small and had hops and could dunk, I know what a dunk like that could have done for your team at that moment, but you missed. But you missed. And then CJ McCollum stepping out of bounds. You got to have that awareness. I understand how fast this happened. You thought you were going to shoot, and he he closed out. You wanted to take off. But you got to know where you are on the court at all times, especially in a moment like that. You, so you know, they, uh, you know they, it's they, funny? He can't do it all by himself. You know it's what? funny? Nobody asked, else over 20? I asked you the other day in, about 2K, and I was like, how often – do you actually step out of bounds <laughs> in real life? Because I somehow step out of bounds all the damn time in 2K. And then that happens and I'm like, okay, 2K is realistic. Okay. 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 It it, it does it does happen. It, it you know it's unfortunate, especially on the sideline like that when you're trying to make that quick move as a guy's closing out on you. It does happen, but it can't happen in that moment. It can't right? it just can't happen. Like what which the way which I equate it to go ahead. Elite guys, elite guys don't step out of bounds there. Like Kobe Bryant gets that ball on the wing. He's not stepping out of bounds there. He's court aware enough to know where he's at. And that's in those moments. That's what separates. That's what separates the, the, the good. Cause CJ McCollum's a really, really good player. Yes. He's a good guy. He can shoot yes. the ball. He didn't shoot it well last night, but to AJ's point, I mean, no player over 20 points outside of Damian Lillard in a double overtime game. That's not going to come on. That. Come on. If you're the if, if you're the <laughs> coach on. of the Trailblazers, which one are you more Matt? Who are you yelling at more? The the guy who missed the dunk or the guy who stepped out of bounds? First of all, you're probably not yelling what? at any of these guys for it. Yeah. But okay, yeah. Robert Covington has to make that dunk. Yeah. Okay. That's the one. That's the one. Robert like, I mean, CJ McCollum is a way, big piece, but Robert Covington has to the, make that dunk. The first thing I thought of when CJ McCollum stepped out of bounds is, oh, that's unfortunate. Oh man, that's rough. When Robert Covington missed, I went, oh, are you kidding me? Like, you know, I was angry. You do not have to emphatically dunk that there. You have to score there. And you have, again, it just goes to the the mental side of being an an athlete. Like, you have to know the moment. It's different if you're down 15 in the third quarter and you're trying to get your team back in and you want to hype them up. That's a bucket you have to make. That's the only thing on your mind is 
this has to go in the basket. Not, oh, I'm going to be on Sports Center. Not, oh, I'm going to dunk on this fool or I'm going to make it the hardest dunk of the year. Like, you can't, you cannot miss that dunk in that situation. Also, you're in double overtime and played 40 plus minutes. Your legs ain't what they were when you tipped that ball exactly. off today. Like, you know, is six nine. He ain't six three. <laughs> like, that should be an easy, like, just tap it. I, I don't, right I don't get it. Yeah. The, the disappointment, though, the the real disappointment there is is Yusuf Nurkic. Nurkic cannot foul out. They don't have enough bigs to stay with the MVP. Then, I mean, you got Carmelo trying to guard Jokic at the end of the game. Mm. Never gonna work. He just he knows yeah, he can get to any spot he wants to. Nurkic has to stay out of foul trouble, and if he can't. Yeah. He's proving once again why there's been so much skepticism about how how effective he he really can be as a big man because he can't even stay out of foul trouble. And it's not like Jokic is physically imposing. He wants to finesse you. He wants to pass, and then he'll give you his moves. You can't foul. You can't take those cheap fouls early in games, and there's no reason why every game with four minutes left, you're five, five, either you have five fouls or looking to foul out, or you've already fouled out. It's just you can't win that way. And it's just sad because Damian Lillard deserves better and he's not. Yeah. He's he's so loyal. It's almost loyal yeah. to a fault. He's not going to be the guy that yeah. says, trade me. I want out. He wants to It'll win be a Russell Westbrook style leave for him to leave. Like it, it'll have to be one of those things where they're letting everybody go and it's just him again. And to stay there through that again just doesn't make sense at his point in the career. Cause I mean, you think about it too last night in a double overtime game, they only went uh nine players deep. They had six players that did not play in that Portland game at all. And that like there's no depth there. The only person I can even think of is Derrick Jones Jr., who had fun in Miami because he was a high flyer, but he's not a scorer. You know, they, they don't really have anybody else. You have Monte Morris for the Denver Nuggets scored 28 points. That's more than their entire bench combined in just one guy. So to, to that point, though, that's a lot of that's on Terry Stotts. A lot of that is on yeah. Terry Stotts for not yeah, yeah. for he really hasn't adjusted. And I mean, they took a while. They were giving up so many easy buckets early, but last night when you get a guy like CJ McCollum, who's not really hitting shots and then you get Carmelo, who's not hitting shots. And I know you want to keep Covington in because of the defensive ability mm-hmm. and he can knock down threes or whatever. I would have liked yeah. to see a little bit more of, uh, of Anthony Simons, a guy that can yep. come in and, and score in buckets and can actually shoot that way. When you get Damian Lillard, who gets hot and they start drawing all this attention and he is passing the ball. You're giving it to a guy that might be able to knock down some shots. So I, I think Terry Stotts deserves some of the blame here for not really Absolutely. having a great rotation. Um, but Portland ain't done, man. If there's one guy that I just don't count out, it, it's Damian Lillard. And I, I could see yeah. him going off for another monster game in game six at home. So I want to see 60, I'm excited. Bro. I'm excited. I want to see 60 for sure. Let's go. <laughs> I'd be, that was I'd be so excited. hype, bro. I'm still buzzing off that game last night, man. I was shocked, actually. OMFG. Yeah, I'm I'm still I'm still what what did you say? What did you say? I, I I'm confused. What did you say? I can't oh, comprehend yeah. it. I told I told uh, I told my Dante, I was like, he's like, I can't believe I'm at work and I can't see this game. It's like, even if you were watching, you will not be it. able to fathom what's going on, man. It didn't like it was an out-of-body experience. Damian Lillard was above himself watching him go off. Like straight up, it was. It, I'm still buzzing. Everything off when 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 he missed the one shot he missed out of the last like twelve he took, yeah. it it was telling when um, Austin Rivers. You see him going like this. He started yeah. praying. <laughs> he started like going thank you right after uh, Damian Lillard missed that one shot, and it just goes <laughs> to show you that everybody on the court knew what was happening, and they just couldn't do anything to stop it. it he it came was out absolutely he, amazing. 
He came out and posted uh, after that game. He was like, you just could not stop Damian Lillard. Like, he was just hitting every shot from everywhere on the court. He was just ridiculous. Let's get into the rough, though, as we round out the show. Aaron, what do you have filed under the rough category? So my rough, um, let me, hold on. Let me, let me turn my hat around here. We, we talked about him earlier. Um, my, my rough is Julius Randle and the Knicks offense. And, and I'm, I'm looking down here because I want to, I want to see something. I'm looking down now and the Knicks have 62 points at yep. the end of the third quarter. Yep. And, mm-hmm. and, and again, this is just, I know it's a defensive battle and Julius Randle is seven for 19. The New York Knicks, are struggling putting the basketball in the hoop. And, and I mean, this, this graphic right here, the, first of all, the face tells it all. Yeah, I love it. 24% shooting through three games. It Julius Randle shot 45% in the regular season. 45%. That's good. You know, maybe for a big, it's a little below average, but it, it's good at 45%. 24%? You're shooting almost half or worse, half worse than that? I don't know. Half of that yeah. in, in games <laughs> one through three, that is okay. So number one, Julius Randle is the number one isolation player in the NBA. He led the NBA in isolation scoring. He led the NBA in isolation, isolation opportunities. The Knicks built their team on isolation ball with him and then Derrick Rose. And now what the Hawks have done in this playoffs is they have swarmed Julius Randle and he's either got two options, force up shots, or kick it out to the shooter like RJ Barrett or Alec Burks or somebody like that. And they're not knocking down their shots because they haven't been in that situation all year. What happens in, in the NBA is the regular season, the guys who get doubled, the LeBron James, the, you know, the Kevin Durant's, they're not doubled as much in the regular season as they are in the playoffs because teams know in the playoffs, the game changes. So Julius Randle wasn't doubled all year. So he was getting whatever he wanted at the basket and he was able to put the, put the ball in the hole. Or when he was doubled, he was able to kick it out, and these guys hit some jumpers. In the playoffs, they're swarming him. They're doubling him every time, and he's feeling this pressure of forcing up shots or kicking it out, and these guys aren't ready because they didn't have to get those passes a lot all year long. So to me, this is on Tom Thibodeau not making adjustments, and Thibodeau's a great defensive mind, but offensively, his teams have always struggled, and he doesn't have the old Derrick Rose from you know the Bulls days. So he's looking for these guys to create and right now they don't have the the supporting cast around Julius Randle to get him out of those situations and he's just forcing up shots. The New York Knicks are an atrocious offensive basketball team. They're not fun to watch. That watching them play offensive basketball is I, Come I, to do the you guys Knicks, remember the 2000 Come Baltimore Ravens? Do you guys do you guys remember the 2000 Baltimore Ravens when Trent Dilfer took that team to the Super Bowl and won? The <laughs> back of Ray Lewis. If you watch that offensive <laughs> team I think it was like six straight games where they didn't score an offensive touchdown, but yeah. they were six and zero. Oh. That's Ridiculous. what the Knicks do. They're an excellent defensive team, that, but their defense can only do so much for them. And then it, what happens in the fourth quarter? You get a guy like Trey Young who can create shots, make shots, and he ends up taking over a game. The Knicks have no offense, which is why they're going to be a gentleman sweep and, and be done. I could see yeah. it. Is what it is. I could see it. it's very unfortunate. It is very <laughs> unfortunate. Okay, I I am. I don't like it. But the the Knicks should like be happy. The Knicks fans need to yeah. like calm down with like getting all over him. Like the fact <laughs> of the matter is, is this was a successful season for the Knicks. The four yes, seed in the Eastern Conference. If you would have told Knicks fans and the New York Knicks themselves, this is where you'll be at the end They're of the year. Lot. 
they would have threw they would have thrown a party like they did after the one playoff when right, they got it. come on over come on <laughs> so, over Kawhi Leonard so come on over please it makes, it makes so much more sense why they threw a party they knew they weren't winning no more games absolutely yeah. I said absolutely. that I, I, I said it. High hopes I had high hopes I said it I said after that after <laughs> that game three I was like you know what Knicks are gonna lose this in five. They're going to lose this in five. That, mm. That's what's about to happen. I was about to ask you, and then I don't want to even know the answer. I was going to ask you, Knicks are down by 12, entering the fourth quarter. They're a very good defensive team. They absolutely is there do. a possibility that they can come they back here? I'll tell you what, Emmanuel quickly is, he, is, is playing well right now. From what I've seen when I've peeped up, he's been the only person I've seen in this entire game that has done anything good. But I want to get he's into only my rough. seven minutes. Wow. Yeah. I, I <laughs> Let me get into my rough here. And, <laughs> I kind of to put a bow on the Knicks thing here real quick, though. I really wanted to bring this up because after this, we're not going to be able to talk about the Knicks because they're going to be eliminated. Uh, I think we'll talk stuff, about how they got eliminated. They're going to be eliminated. Oh, yeah. Well, that too. A lot of it has to do, in my opinion, with like immaturity. Like it it, it seems like a very immature team in the situations because like I brought it up to you guys in the messages when that game got out of hand in game four, like everyone was throwing shots and, and talking shit and all that kind of stuff. And Derek Rose, you can see Derek Rose on the bench and he was just like, this is ridiculous. Can we just get out of here, please? Like, this is the stop. Just stop doing this. Like, I want to get out of here. He was being a professional about it. And you can see the Knicks, the rest of the Knicks were not being professionals because they're a very young team, very immature team. I feel like that has something to do with this here. Like the immaturity factor of what this Knicks team is with Julius. I don't know how old Julius Randle is, but he's never been in this type of moment before. So I feel like there's immaturity there. But D Rose knows like he knows what's up and he knows that this is unacceptable and that they can do better. But let me go to my rough here. I don't buy that, by the way. Really? Why not? What? They have they have a veteran who should be the leader in Derrick Rose. So first of all, mm-hmm. if if they're failing to be mature enough, that's that speaks directly to Derrick Rose and Tom Thibodeau. Those are the veterans of the team. Not to mention, they also have another veteran on the team that's played for a very long time who starts in Taj Gibson, who is a who is a very, very solid role player. To speak to immaturity when you're watching guys like Trey Young. And Luka Doncic and John Morant lead teams. That is not an excuse. Julius Randle has played in LA. He's been in a big market before. To say, oh, they're inexperienced. Oh, they're young. They're immature. It's not to me. I don't want to say it's not an excuse, but I don't buy that as being a a thing. With, I mean, they might have got caught up in that moment, but I don't think it had anything to do with them being necessarily immature as why they're struggling. They're struggling because they're not a good enough basketball team. They are get, young, I, I, but they're just not that. good enough. I'm not. I'm not saying that that that's the 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 reason why. Like the only reason why. Like I just feel like it plays a part of this because they're losing their like the immaturity of the players. They're losing focus on what matters here because they are not able to. They're getting too caught up in the bullshit and like because uh, there's well, obviously. Frustra- I think it's a level of frustration, yeah. but. <laughs> I don't think it's I don't think it's really fair to speak to that as being oh they're immature and, and they're getting caught up in that. It might have been a, a small moment in time where they were like they got out of hand, but we see that all the time in sports, even from veteran players. Well, I mean, in co- my opinion, I'm just I, I can I, I hope I hope that they they build going forward. Quiet letter becomes a Nick. It magic happens. I want to talk about something though. I want to talk about my rough. And, it, you know, a lot of talk this past week has been also Nick's just cut the lead to nine. So hopefully that works. Um, 
We talk a lot about the just nonsense that's been happening the past week with the with the NBA, where the fans have just been throwing stuff on the court at players and it being unnecessary. And it is. It's really bad. That's part of my rough here. But I want to combine these two things because what Kyrie Irving does here to the Celtics logo, which I hopefully I didn't cover it up with a graphic. Watch this. Stomps on the logo. I, I I I don't know about you guys. Maybe you guys don't care about the logo that much. And obviously, I had to throw in the water bottle incident because that's unacceptable as well. And good riddance to the fan who got arrested for this. He deserved it. But I think both play. I, I think both the player here and the fan have to be held accountable for their immaturity and and their immature actions that took place at the end of that game because. To, to go in there and just stomp on the logo like that, I get it. You, you got wronged by the Celtics during your career. But be a professional at, at that point. You don't have to go out over there and stomp on the logo. Like, that's just classless. That's immature and classless. I get it. The, I, I don't want to get into the fan thing. I get it. The fan thing has been beaten to a bloody pulp here. I get it. This Kyrie thing just got swept under the rug, and it deserves to be talked about. Do you know why I got swept under the rug? Because the fan threw the bottle. Because I get that it. fan threw the bottle. I get it. But, but Kyrie would have been the villain. And you know what? But when I heard that he stepped on the logo, I thought it was so much worse than this one stomp and a drag of the foot. Let me tell you something. Do, do you that, remember? Though. That's classless. Um, do you remember when J- uh, Juju Smith-Schuster was dancing on the logo? That's uh, that's also that trash. was bad. That's also trash. That was bad. What Kyrie, what Kyrie Irvin did. What was trash that Kyrie Irving did to the Boston Celtics was promise them he was coming back in all of their faces and then turn around and leave. What the Boston fan base has done to Kyrie ever since that moment, damn that logo. All they ever do to Kyrie besides yell, call him names, racial undertones, all of this and that. For him to just step on a logo once and walk away after dropping 39 on you, after handling your team, after sending you home left and right, doing everything you can. But that's, that's I don't enough, give a damn about stepping on a logo. That's once. enough, like, though. Yo, it, no, yeah, yo, okay. Uh, for you to go ahead and do this for you, you gave me this for two and a half hours all this yelling, all this booing, all this F you, all this whatever, whatever can be said. For two hours, and now all of a sudden, I have to act better? All of a sudden, I have to be held to a higher standard. You guys could do this for two and a half hours. You guys can throw shit at me. You guys can call me all these names and call me out my mouth. But I, I took two seconds, claimed my throne, stepped on your logo one time, and walked off the court, and I'm the bad person? Yes. Get out of here. Yes. Get out of here with that. It's, I'm not Get saying, out of here with that. I'm not saying that, that, that there's no other bad. Uh, the fan is still bad in this situation. The people who call him names and insult him are still bad in this situation. But to act like Kyrie Irving's not doing something bad here and doing something really shitty is kind of messed up. Dude, you get like hockey players, and this is the not. I don't, I don't logo to, they dribble on. I don't, re- I, I don't mean to bring this up, but hockey players, you get fined if you step on the logo in the locker room. You have to pay a fine for stepping on your team's logo in the locker room like you had to pay money for that that's, shit because that's how much the logo means okay number one you, that, that is absolutely ridiculous let, let me get in here really quick okay so can i ask you a question Vinny? shoot if Kyrie, if, if that's the middle of the game and Kyrie's dribbling the ball up the court, and, walk, and as he dribbled the ball up the court, he's you know that basketball players they always wipe their feet on the ground like that, and because that's what he did, he literally like stomped on it and did that, making the squeaky sound to but, it, right? 
If that was the middle of the game, no, no, just, just hear me so out. Happened. If that was the middle of the game, would anybody have thought he was doing that to the logo? No, no, right? because he's playing like, oh, the game. He's playing okay. the game. Okay, okay. So, so hear me out. He walked over to the logo after the game. He yeah. puts his foot on it. He he steps on it. He rubs it, and he turns around and walks off. How in the hell are you going to come on this show? And talk about that being disrespectful after all the shit that you watch in sports day after day after day. College football, players in the middle of the field slamming sledgehammers on logos. Terrell Owens walking to the Dallas Cowboys logo after scoring a touchdown, standing on the logo. We see this in the NFL every weekend. We watch this in baseball as they're staring through home runs or laughing at their mascots or basketball when they're disrespecting whoever and whatever logo and you say in hockey there's a fine for it how in the hell is stepping on a logo disrespectful to the point where it warrants us spending 10 minutes talking about how bad it is how does that how does that even work you should first of all what is so disrespectful about that what is first of all you should okay first of all with with this entire thing that you just said you kind of just proved my point you you brought up all these bad things that have been done to logos that have been considered disrespectful i don't crash they're no they're not disrespectful what i'm telling you is it doesn't matter those things don't matter why the hell does the logo in the middle of a field matter whether somebody goes and steps on it or not you know what listen as a I'm just going to say this as somebody who's coached sports and been a part of that and watched another team go to the middle of a field before a game and, and quote unquote, what everybody wants to call disrespect the logo. How do you deal I, with that? I'm, I'm glad you, you brought, deal I'm, with that I'm, by winning, by okay. beating them. And if you let don't me, win, let me guess the what? Here. Then you let, deserve to get your me, logo stomped Let me flip on. the script here. Let me flip the script here. Let me flip the script here. You are an athlete. You've played sports all of your life, right? Absolutely. If someone would have to, would have done that to your team's logo in the in the middle of the field, would you have been mad about it? You no. wouldn't have been upset about it. No, it's not. What? No, I, it's happened to me before, the, dude. That's you know how you combat thing. that? That is the shittiest possible you know thing. You, you, it's, okay, so listen. Number one, this is the NBA. These guys switch teams like hotcakes. Next year, Kyrie's going to be on the Hawks. He might have disrespected <laughs> the Hawks at one time. That, to sit there and talk about you're attached to this logo of a team, a business that you play for, See, when you really have difference. no ties to them that's and they have the no ties to you. That's the difference here, and that's what I, I grew up I grew up with hockey. That doesn't happen in hockey. You don't change teams that much in hockey. The logo means something. Loyalty means something. Listen, I guess that's what listen, I'm used to. But, but hold that hold is up, such, that mean, is such a scapegoat. That, that is bullshit. Because guess what? In NHL hockey, Hockey team will trade your ass just like an exactly. NBA team. Exactly, but but when you're on you're that the team, you're the, that team is sports. giving you a job. That team is giving you a you're, job to play in this. He's league. not a he's not a Boston Celtic. He's, he's exactly. a Brooklyn Nets. Why does he give a damn? That's, that's, that's why. But that, that's what I'm saying though. That's why it's disrespectful. That's why it's a trash thing to do because that logo means terrible. something to thousands and that's thousands and thousands take. of people. That logo means that's cool. something take. to the players that are on that other team. That logo means something to everyone. And guess what? And I just trashed that entire gym by dropping 39 points on them. And in case they didn't feel it, here's if no, no, it's not. No, it's not. I am in this gym and I'm enforcing my will on everybody in here. The 39 points, the whatever assist, that's why my guy's going off. That's why it's not even it's bad or not good. It just doesn't go. matter. Like, there shouldn't be this uproar over him walking 15 feet to the center of the court, rubbing his foot on it and walking away. Just it doesn't matter. It's disrespectful. It's a trash thing you, to do. You, Okay, so so every disrespectful thing is 
we're not spending this time on every disrespectful thing a players do. You're talking about a logo. What about the disrespect when somebody jumps over a player, shits on them or dunks on them and looks at them in their face and talks shit? That's disrespectful too, but nobody says anything about it. You're talking about a logo, which exactly. who cares? Like, want, but who, th- that's who the thing though. It cares? should be Boston, it should, got, Boston got stomped in their home arena and they lost. If Boston and, was upset about it, that's one thing. If if Jason Tatum sits on here and like, man, that pissed me off. I'm gonna come out and drop 60 on you next game, and then I'm gonna do that to the Brooklyn Nets logo, then so be it. But for Vinny Milani to come on. The rough cut sports cast and be big oh, goddamn deal. Upset big goddamn deal. Because Kyrie Irving stepped on the Boston but Celtics that's logo. The thing, though. It's that's a non-story. the thing, though. That we we had the category is here for me to pick out something that I thought was rough, and that's exactly what it was because I thought it was disrespectful. Boom. I thought it was a trash thing to do, and I think because of the fact that the fan got uh, got arrested for throwing a water bottle at him, that gets talked about so much more than this disrespectful. Like I said, I was raised it on should. Even, nobody I, would care. I, I was raised on the fact that you get fined and you have to pay a shit ton of money because you disrespect a logo. Logos are supposed to mean something. AJ, don't you put, have the don't last put it on the rough floor. of the night. Don't put it Go on the ahead. Floor. Go ahead with the last rough then of the night. Don't put it on the floor. Well, damn logo stepped on a thousand times a game, by the way. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. The rough. The rough. Outside of that conversation. We should have ended with that one. <laughs> yeah, right. My rough is the Los Angeles Lakers. Not losing without AD, but getting blown out without AD. Losing by 30 without AD. This is ridiculous. Yeah, LeBron James has never lost in the first round in the playoffs in his career. LeBron James has never faced elimination in the first round of his career. And here he is sitting on the brink in game six, and they may not have, they may not have AD again. Can you tell me, how you expected to win this game, Los Angeles, by scoring 10 points in the second quarter? 10 points. Le- a LeBron James team went to the half with 36 points on the board. His opponents had 64, 66, I'm sorry. How? 10 points. You got nobody. You got nothing. Dennis Schroeder went 0 for 9, 0 for 4 from 3. Zero points in the entire game that hasn't been done since the Los Angeles Lakers moved to L.A. Contavious Caldwell Pope played 15 minutes, also had zero points. Kyle Kuzma, he put up double digits, 15 points. Woo! There were two, three players in double digits. <laughs> he said, woo! 24. 24 points by LeBron James. 15 points by Kyle Kuzma. 11 points by uh, THT. That is it. Nobody else scored in double digits. You had two starters put up a goose egg. How? The Lakers about to go home. The Lakers are about to go home. I don't know if I don't know if Anthony Davis coming back in game six, maybe game seven, you got a chance with LeBron and AD if that happens, but you got to get through game six. And what you just showed me being beat by 30, you gave up in the second quarter and never cared to come back. It's it's tough. That's a that's a tough, rough look by the Los Angeles Lakers. When you got Snoop Dogg rooting for the Clippers instead of the Lakers in on social media, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Rough. Very, very, uh, very rough. Um, this it's fitting that we kind of finish up with the Lakers because coming into the year, obviously defending champs, everybody thought they were going to repeat. Then they go out and get Dennis Schroeder, six man candidate. Then or uh, yeah, six man candidate. Yeah. Then they go get Montrezl Harrell, who won the six man of the year. Yeah. Then they got they add Andre Drummond at the deadline. Like these, Marcus all listen. 
I, I'm going to say it. I've been saying it a long time. Like LeBron covers up for so much deficiency on a team. These yep. guys that everybody like they're at, like these guys are just guys. They're not, they're like regular guys that you can go and sign from any team. Dennis Schroeder's nice, but he's a point guard. He shoots 0 for 9 and has one assist. You're telling me that letting go of Rondo, Rondo couldn't do better than that? <laughs> I mean, you get an Andre Drummond who comes in, and Andre Drummond, he's the softest player around the rim. And then you're, you have a, a six-man of the year, Montrez Harrell, who's sitting on the bench for most of the series. Not what annoying. in the hell is Frank Vogel doing? What, what was the plan? You know AD's been injured. AD was injured half the year. I mean, if you listen to Charles Barkley, that's Mr. Anthony Street Clothes Davis. And, yeah. and you know that again, I'm a, that's a little you talk about disrespectful. Like to me, that's yeah. disrespectful. But the fact that Anthony Davis has been hurt, he's he's coming off injury when they first enter the playoffs, and you're not giving Montrez Harrell any minutes, and he brings a level of energy that you really don't have on that team. This team is not good. It's not just about oh, Anthony Davis, not this team is not championship worthy. Um, I know they got it going last year in the bubble and they won, but let's be honest, the bubble was some special circumstances. We don't know if the same thing would have happened if they had to go on the road and play games. The Lakers are not a very good basketball team right now. And LeBron James is older. He can't carry as much weight. He can't repeat what he did in the 2016 finals or that playoff no. run where he was scoring 40, averaging a triple-double. He, he's getting older. He, he's not doing that anymore. And without Anthony Davis being 100%, they're definitely not beating Phoenix, but I don't think this team has a chance to go very far anyways. Um, I think there's four teams out West that are better than them. It's, and I think Frank, I would not be shocked if Frank Vogel is gone after this year. And I know he won a title, but I know they've been waiting to give that job to Jason Kidd. And with yep. the Boston job being open and Jason Kidd maybe being looked at for that, I wouldn't be shocked if soon after this first round ends, if they're out of it, that Vogel's gone and Kidd is promoted to, to the Lakers head coach. And we can't hear you Let because you're muted. AJ. That is a minus. AJ. Yeah, that's a big time minus. AJ, get ready to clip that because it's going to happen. I, I like oh, yeah. the confidence. Oh, we got clips from the last 20 minutes. Yeah, clips from the last 20 minutes. And we 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 wrapped this show up pretty nicely in this rough section. Just bro. a bow, baby. Just a bow. Did. It's what we do. And you're right. Oh, yeah. You're right, by the way. The lack of use of Montrez Harrell is baffling. How do you make such a big deal to go grab that six man of the year and you have no no plan to deploy him? He should be wreaking havoc when a if AD is gone, that's your next big guy down there. Andre Drummond's only there to get rebounds, possibly jump when someone's taking shots. Without Montrezl Harrell on the floor with no AD, you're not doing yourself any favor. I mean, watch him play. He brings so much energy. You know, he's not the most talented, mm -hmm. but the energy he brings is different than those other guys, and they haven't even they haven't used him. So it's it's baffling. Shame, shame, shame. But that does it though, guys. Let's wrap it up here. Oh. I, I I'm I'm buzzed on playoffs, man. Even NBA, man. I'm I'm jonesing on it. It's 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 great. Oh, that does it though, guys. Beat by twenty. Yeah, it's it's bad. I just watched a great, and this is something I really appreciate about sports like basketball. It and it happens in hockey too with their passing. Trey Young just like drove. Is it dry? He just drove the hole. I would assume that's what it is. I think that's I did that right. He drove the hole, and then basically everyone zoned in on him and then Trey Young fires an absolute piss missile on over to somebody who just drains an o a wide open three no one around him clean shot just drained it right there and I just I really appreciate those types of passes those types of plays where everyone just zones in 
fires on over and just knocks it down. Yep. AJ, can you tell our beautiful listeners, our beautiful viewers, where they can follow us at as we close out the show? Yes, Atlanta Hawks and five, baby. At Rough Cut underscore sports on Twitter. At Rough Cut Sports on Facebook. At the Rough Cut Sportscast on Instagram. And then you head over to YouTube where we're going to clip a lot of this show. This was fire. So make sure to hit that like, hit that share, hit that subscribe so you don't miss any of the wonderful content we are posting on there as often as we can. And, of course, you know the deal. Tell everybody. Everybody. And, of course, we're brought to everybody. you by <laughs> HalftimeSportsCollectibles.com, the best place to get all of your sports memorabilia needs, whether that be a jersey, cleat, helmet. They've got it over there. They just got that Chauncey Billups jersey over there. Check it out, halftimesportscollectibles.com. Special thank you to our beautiful network, the Belly Up Sports Network, for having us. We appreciate their support throughout our journey through the sportscasting world. And please go check out our website with all of our great merch on there. You can check out the link on our Facebook page. You get shirts like this in different colors. We got black, we got white, we got pink, we got red. Whatever color you want, you can get it over there at our website that you'll see on our Facebook page. And on there while you're at it you might as well go check out yeti get yourself a cup it's getting to be summer you want to go to the beach get yourself cool cool get cool your drinks cool your 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 food and everything man they got coolers over there as well yeti check them out uh oh and and of course share the show we got to get to a thousand that's that's plain and simple aj any last words yeah um yeah, uh, check out Diamond Talk coming up in the next couple weeks, Tuesdays at 8.30. Our one and only Aaron Mukes, Mr. One Vote himself, and J.B. Dylan Kearns will be talking all your baseball fix. And I know some of y'all out there is like, these guys never talk baseball. Well, here's your chance. We're going to do it. Diamond Talk, it's coming. Check it out. 8.30 p.m. on Tuesdays. That's Eastern Time. Um, yeah, not, that'll be me. Not I'll only are we going to do it, else. not only are we going to talk baseball, but we're giving you guys a baseball show every week, a, a special dedicated yeah. show to baseball because we've, we, we have let them down so far to start the season. Now it's time to make up for it. So you're going to get Mr. All the votes. I should say my best friend, Aaron Mukes hosted diamond talks. It's going to be a great Aaron. Any last words? Um, man, great, great, great content today with the, with the NBA playoff talk, <clears throat> quick little hockey note. Montreal's up now four to two with eight minutes left. And the Hawks mm. have officially eliminated the Knicks because they're up about 17 with four minutes left. I don't yeah. think it's going to happen for the Knicks. It's not good. Um, but, but be sure to tune in tomorrow because we will have another wonderful, wonderful show. For all of you beautiful listeners, share the show, share the show, get your shirts, buy the merch. Ah, man, check us out on all the socials that AJ <laughs> points out with his hands. My mic is falling off. Um, yeah, that's I mean, it. it's been a good show. <laughs> I mean, it's been a good show guys. We appreciate you guys so much for tuning in. Leave a review. If you're listening to this on, on a podcasting platform, please. Oh God, Knicks fans. Just stop it. Just stop it. I gotta, I gotta get out of here before I cry on live air. Thank you guys so much. And <laughs> Adios, turd nuggets. We'll see you tomorrow. 8 30 PM. Eastern time live here on Facebook, YouTube, and the Twitter. See you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here.